0: What's up everyone and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today we have Victor Burgos, the creative director, founder, and owner of Burgos Games with us. Victor, I'm super excited to get to know some more about your upcoming game known as Nico Ghost Jump. Thanks for joining. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, it was, for those listening, I, I actually posted a uh well a post on twitter being like hey i need some indie devs and so yours was your game was one of the ones that was shouted out so i was like oh cool it's it's one that i have seen because it's on kickstarter i've i've noticed it because we have a a part of our podcast where we talk about kickstarter games upcoming i haven't specifically picked that one but i thought oh this is great because you know it'll get uh some more insight into the world of those developers who are trying to, to you know, successfully launch their games. Um, but before we get started, let's instead talk a little bit about you. Now, how did you get into game development in the first place? <laughs> well, mine was a very,
1: very long, long road. Um, so, I mean, obviously most who get into game development probably have some kind of affinity to video games. They either grew up with it in you know the eighties or um, now nowadays you know they they just they're just addicted to it or I won't say addicted to it, but they they enjoy playing video games, right? You don't right. just get into video games for the money, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> for, well, right. definitely not, not definitely not indie gaming, right? Not definitely not indie dev, but um, but uh, usually you don't go into the game industry thinking about you're going to be making hundred two hundred thousand dollar a year you know of salary right uh, right, right it's more bat, about the right. passion it's definitely has it's definitely passion yeah based um so i'm a, a little older than most um devs that start out so um you know i was born in the 80s uh nintendo entertainment system when that first came out i got me one of those or i should say my dad got me one of those um <laughs> and so you know i basically grew up on like super mario brothers and all those um good contra oh man yeah now i'm thinking about like all those good games back then oh <laughs> uh, yeah so anyway so really great games back then and so i grew up on video games the whole, whole time and i kind of had an inclination back then when I was growing up, especially during high school, that I kind of wanted to get into um, game development, um, either go the PC game development route, which was like, okay, so I can get a computer degree, uh, you know, CS degree, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was on track for that, um, but I took a little detour. 9-11 happened. um, Mm -hmm. And so I ended up enlisting in the United States Marine Corps. And Uh yeah, so even then I still had, my a mindset of getting into video games so while i was uh, stationed in iwakuni japan so i was stationed in japan for almost four years and oof, let me tell you that is great too especially if you love video games um yeah, so sure. yeah so i was there for almost four years and um early on again i was like oh i kind of still want to get into video games so like how can i do it while still be enlisted um and lucky for for us if you're in the military they they pay for your tuition um, mm-hmm. While you're in, so I was like, okay, well, maybe I can take some classes while um, I'm stationed or whatever. So I ended up um, applying to this this college. It was one of the very first colleges that did online uh, video game courses, and it, the well, actually, I think video game courses in general. And it's uh, it's probably some, especially the older generation, they might uh, remember this college. It's called Westwood College, and they mm-hmm. had this really funny uh, commercial um, on TV about like, if you really want to be a play tester, in video games and stuff like that, then call now, whatever, 1-800 Westwood, I think whatever it was called. Um, right. so, so anyways, they had the online program though. And and so I was going to, um, submit my application <laughs> and then I got deployed though. Um, so, you know, the whole thing with, you know, operation enduring freedom and operation, um, Iraqi freedom. And, and so like the whole global war on terrorism, basically, um, kind of i won't say spun out of control it was already getting it was getting pretty heated up already by then um right. but it was it was getting heated so i just lost i honestly just lost um the time really it just it just like it was it was never i never got back into like okay let me go ahead and apply get back into like trying to get into a video game degree or whatever or mm-hmm. you know get classes going towards that um, i ended up Doing some college um regardless but it wasn't uh video game oriented it was just like regular just random general studies and stuff like that uh however after 12 years of recor i got out and i ended up going to savannah college of art and design and um i went there directly for their video game the development degree so after uh, almost four years actually by that time I already had college credits, so the degree took less than four years but um, I graduated in 2017 with my my, you know bachelor's in fine arts and video game development and uh, before even graduating I was already freelancing um, Mm -hmm. for a whole bunch of different like indie studios and so I kind of already had like gotten my name out there and I was getting a little bit known and i was like all right well what am i going to do so basically i went full-time uh freelance uh for indie companies basically and uh, i i did uh, i worked on a crap ton of projects and eventually i got one of my big breaks was um with monochrome games and i ended up being their lead uh programmer for contagion vr outbreak and so i worked on that for shoot i don't know um uh, about a year and a half, uh, I ended mm-hmm. up releasing their, you know, their demo. I ended up releasing their early access, um, and I stayed on uh, about five months after early access uh, launched, and uh, it, it was my time to leave. Basically, I was yeah. um, there was some stuff Makes that sense. was going on, so I just needed to um, basically take off from that project. And so then I started my up my own studio and i had originally started uh, which was burgos games and that so that was back in november 2018 and my and back then i thought that vr would still be an okay thing for a solo dev project and so i had already started to work on a solo dev uh roguelike and i was working on that working on that and yeah so i think well actually i think your original question was basically how i got into uh, game death kinda, <laughs> That's Okay, we like, we got the, we got the full story. history yeah i got the whole yeah, story no. so. so i guess i'll keep Not pressing that. on yeah i mean right. keep, no, or
0: you want me i mean i could no so let's let, let's jump a little bit ahead so that brings okay. us to your upcoming title so right no, right
1: so, right. so ghost jump um so Neku ghost jump started off as a game jam submission for like unreal engines so unreal engine every quarter has a uh, hashtag ue4 jam well i think they renamed it to hashtag unreal jam now but regardless mm-hmm. they have a, a every quarter they have one and so um i was i won't say i was getting burnt out on my solo project but i was kind of getting to a point where huh, it, it's like i needed a break i need something new or whatever and right. um so i ended up uh like trying to figure out if i wanted to jump into this uh game jam i was like yeah sure why not so um i grabbed four random strangers literally i grabbed four people that i've never worked with before, and i was like all right let's go ahead and um try to start a team um, <laughs> and uh so we worked i think it it was like two weeks before the jam. I got everyone together finally. And we, you know, we did a whole bunch of like team building exercises and stuff like that to make sure that, mm-hmm. you know, everybody understood what the heck they were supposed to do and how to do it. Because, you know, right. there's a whole bunch of stuff, like especially in game jams, that you definitely don't want to worry during the game jam, like source control, like how do you, you know, submit something in perforce? How do you check something out? You know, there's stuff there's a whole bunch of stuff like project management, like what tools are we gonna use. There's stuff that you don't really want to be doing the day of or or during a game jam so that's stuff that i was basically doing preparation work for them um you know i've did i've done a whole bunch of projects that where i was the lead so i kind of already knew how i'll do project management from the get-go and you know especially as a marine also i was a you know a leader from you know for so long that it's like it was second nature um so, yeah, so we did that um, in five days. That's where NECA Ghost Jumps uh, uh, originally came from. So, so we submitted. It was a five-day game jam. It was definitely, definitely, like, when I looked back at it, I was like, man, this that was, like, a terrible submission. Like, it was so floaty. <laughs> like, like we didn't do, we, yeah, it was just not great. Uh, so, yeah, we didn't actually win this game jam. We did get an honorable mention, which was cool anyway. That's um nice. But still, yeah, we didn't win that one, and I totally uh, can see like why. Now thinking back, of like, ah, like I could have spent I could have spent a few hours on like polishing these, you know, tighten up the controls and stuff. Um, It was super floaty and stuff like that. Um, The game game, just got gone again. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was gonna say. So you know, if if it didn't come out at least as 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 polished as you would have liked, what caused your team or just yourself to push forward to actually say Uh like? Well, that might have not been the best, but we can make this better, and we can actually like that. There's promise here,
1: right? So um, after submitted uh, submitted it, I was like, um, I I felt that we I had something. There was something there. I felt like there was something really cool and unique about it. Um, it it's something that that hasn't been done as much as it probably should be or could be and I totally get understand why because level design for like a 2d and 3d world is is really like mind-boggling because you have to right. take into so many things into account um, so it, it is hard level design wise but uh, Makes sense. but so I thought we had something and basically I I pitched it to the team I was like you know what I am going to press forward and whoever wants to join me can't um you know i won't be so so this is i won't be able to pay anybody right now you know this is uh it'll be all royalty it'll be all royalty based um you know because i'm not making any money off of it so it's like (laughs) i can't if if i'm not making any money right now i mean no one else is making money either uh so Mm -hmm. honestly uh only two others stayed with me um that have stayed uh throughout the project actually and um so uh, us three basically um we yeah we just they, they agree they're like okay yeah let's do this and that's basically how it started very cool um, Very cool.
0: um before we yeah. dive any deeper for those listeners who don't know anything about the game how, how would you describe it and why should the audience be excited to actually check this out uh the
1: game so <laughs>
0: so this is actually <laughs>
1: why one of our problems that we it, uh, especially when we go come into marketing the game it's kind of tough to really um pinpoint what the game is about because the game okay it it's definitely okay so it's definitely a puzzle platform 100 percent. it's definitely right. a puzzle platformer it's it, that's the base genre um it's a it, you switch between 2d and 3d camera perspectives at any time and you also switch between your physical form and your ghost form at any time and so you use these two game mechanics to to solve puzzles combat enemies and clear levels faster so mm-hmm. the reason it's kind of hard to pinpoint is, is we also added a, a speed run mechanic to the game um, a lot. So there are three paws that you can collect in each level. One is a speed time or speed run uh, paw. And that, and you get that paw by beating the speed run time in each level. Um, there's also leaderboards in every level. So like it kind of, it's almost oriented to speed runners, but then again, it's not because, um, yes, you can if you're competitive and you want to be, like, number one, then you're going to replay the levels over and over again trying to figure out how you can, like, decrease your time so you can be, like, the, as high on, on the lead board as you can. But at the same time, you don't need to be a speedrunner or be competitive to play the game because you have these gotcha. other two paws. The second paw is that you can collect is a uh, coin collection paw, basically. And so mm-hmm. if you collect all coins in the level then you get that paw for the level and then the third paw is basically if you're like an act, you you know you kind of like a hack and slasher you really just want to like kill everything in sight whatever you're in these cute little cartoony things um then you can you can slash your way through the whole game and you can collect these paws also so these paws yeah. unlock the boss level uh, so there's the minimum amount of paws that you need to uh to unlock the boss level which is at the end of every biome currently we have eight biomes planned um cool. and five levels in each biome and the fifth level gotcha. is the is the boss level. So to progress to the next biome you have to beat that boss level.
0: Right. So let's let's backtrack a little because uh, I want to talk about those pause. Yeah. So that was one of my questions is because one of the selling points is that you do have leaderboards. I saw a timer about like, hey, you can complete these levels quicker and quicker and get the best score that you can and compete with others. But you're saying that even though there is that element, that, and to some degree you will have to, I would assume, depending on the amount of pause that you need to actually get to that boss level. But how much of this is, is, you know, uh, from an accessibility standpoint, if that's not your thing, could you go about the other ways of saying like, could I complete the game? If I said, I don't want to do time trial stuff at all, but I'm fine with collecting the coins and and killing the enemies. I just want to take my own pace at it. Is that something that's viable in this game?
1: Exactly. It is. So that's why, um, that's why it's tough to market like i keep mm-hmm. <laughs> so i market it to a whole bunch of different people basically I, I i market it to casuals and sometimes um in some marketing slides i sometimes market it to speed runners and then sometimes i'll just do action uh market slide um for when it comes right. to like uh the uh the copies and basically the the marketing pictures and stuff like that um because you can it's basically i call it the play your way system you, you basically mm-hmm. can play however you want um And yes, you can play if you don't want to rush and try to you want to take your sweet time, then yes, you can you can explore, find all the secrets, collect all the coins and basically kill everything. And then you can get to and you can progress through the whole entire game like that.
0: Right. Right. Okay. That's perfect. Um, let's talk a little bit about inspiration. So I'm getting a lot of Wii era Paper Mario, uh, Paper Mario vibes just because of the 2D, 3D uh, changing perspective mechanic. But from this game, what would you say were your main inspirations?
1: So honestly, the theme of the game jam was the inspiration. So we while we are currently marketing, in um, one of our selling points here is that we're quote unquote inspired by super paper mario and fez and a few other games like that um mm-hmm. honestly the we didn't get any true inspiration from it at the game jam uh submission the game mm-hmm. jam theme was the other side of the coin so what i was thinking was what were things that were similar but opposite right so mm-hmm. and for for a platformer you have usually you have either a 2d game or a 3d game platformer uh, you know, 2D uh, cameras or a 3D camera, you don't have both. Um, at the time, actually, I've never, I didn't hear about Super Paper Mario. I never played Super Paper Mario on the Wii. I think it was on <laughs> Wii U, actually. Um, but what, regardless, so at the time, I didn't know about Super Paper Mario. I knew about Fez, though. So Fez, I did know. But Fez is All kind right. of different also because they were technically never 3D. There was always 2D. It was just in different sides of the 2D world right so technically right. there's four sides um so regardless um so that was where that part of the 2d 3d came from was because of mm-hmm. the theme and then also the physical form and the ghost form it's again it's you know it's it's a you know, one's a corporeal, one's not um you know a form that's but it's kind of based on your body right it's it's, it's, it's it was kind of weird anyways so that's how we figured right. out um our our our, uh, our mechanics for the game
0: Gotcha. And kind of on that same point of the ghost mechanic. So I, I definitely understand the flipping 2D, 3D, but can you elaborate a little bit more on what exactly that ghost form looks like as far as, you know, why did you make the the decision to not only have those different perspectives, but also a different uh, form for you to walk around in this world as?
1: Okay. So, um, yeah. so honestly, one of the, the team members, um, wanted a um. He he wanted something crazy. I forgot what he wanted, but it was like <laughs> totally. It was totally like out of scope or whatever. So for, uh-huh. for compromise' sake, I was like, all right, how about this? And then this is how we came up with the uh, with allowing the ghost form. Like I think he wanted like some kind of arcade, um, arcade uh, score attack thing, and. I can't remember this was again this was like almost a year and a half ago now but like but it was something it was something to the effect where the the form the ghost form would be like some kind of like on some kind of murder spree or something and basically Mm -hmm. you had to kill like a whole bunch of stuff and to get some kind of like it, it was like some really crazy intricate system that there was no way in five days we were gonna ever do um, right. so to compromise i was like all right hold on let me think about this and let's say we can mash it up we just mash it up and we can just have two different forms like a physical form and a ghost form and we can you know we could still have um in the in the game jet version the the fights are actually limited to, into like arenas so basically every fight quote unquote scene you get locked into an arena and you would fight these and then once you beat up all the enemies you would move on and we actually right. went away from that uh, we ended up the enemies are basically free roaming in the world now um, mm-hmm. but uh yeah so that's basically where that ghost idea came from uh, well a simple much simpler simplified version of the ghost form But yeah, and we went back and forth for a while. I remember even after um, when we started full production, like, did we really want two different forms, like in two different uh, uh, bodies, basically, or did we want to just transform the the uh, the player into a ghost form? Because right now, once you go into ghost form, your your physical body drops down, basically, it's dead. Right? Well, technically not dead because you could you could technically still get hurt. Um, that physical uh-huh. form is very vulnerable, so you still have to protect it at all times. Um, so yeah. it's yeah, uh-huh. it's it's a uh, the ghost form is definitely very interesting. It's gone on uh, a lot of changes over the past uh, year and a
0: half for sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So what are some of the benefits then of the ghost body? Like why why would I want to? Especially if I have to then protect it. Why would I want to go into this ethereal form if? Um, you know, what are the benefits that I can do that I can't in my normal physical body?
1: So currently, the only way to actually uh, attack enemies is in the ghost form. In the ghost form, <laughs> you get a swordfish. Um, okay. so, you get, so this is like this really big swordfish and it looks, yeah, like whatever. So you use the swordfish <laughs> to attack enemies. Um, so I got this idea. It was kind of funny. And like, I, I got a whole bunch of pushback too in the beginning. But I guess people just started... Um, like the, the teammates just started like, okay, this is okay. This is okay. Um, But basically if you ever watched um bleach, you're, I don't know if you ever watched Bleach anime. No, but, I have Okay. So this dude has this ridiculous huge sword for no reason, but he uh-huh. only gets that sword when he goes into his um uh shoot. Now I, have, I haven't watched bleach in a while, but anyways, he gets this <laughs> big, huge sword uh, and, and only in the spirit world. Right. And so, okay. so that's where I was like, okay, well why can't, because right now, in his physical form, Necoman, I call so I call him Necoman because I'm terrible at naming stuff, but Necoman, <laughs> the main character, um, he has this like fish. like It's like a dead fish that he holds in his hand. So I was like, uh-huh. okay, well, this, this fish can transform into a big swordfish when he goes to the ghost form. So that's where that swordfish comes from, and that's why the only reason that you can actually attack enemies in ghost form. Um, gotcha. Another reason that you go in Ghost Form though is because there's a whole bunch of stuff that's hidden in the Ghost Realm. So there's like coins and blocks that uh, the Ghost Form can only um, actually go on that's like mm-hmm. hidden in that realm. So it helps you like if you're trying to collect all the coins on level, you, you'll have to go into Ghost Form sometimes. And to like kind of figure out what's, what's hidden what's not. And then, you know, right. use that to your advantage.
0: Very cool. So sticking on the topic of game core mechanics, what can we expect to see when it comes to character abilities? So we we mentioned that going into this form, you'd have that attack. Are there going to be anything, because we're, we're fighting multiple bosses, is it something where when you start out the game, you're going to have that set uh, abilities? Or is it something that as you progress through the game, you'll be getting different things, such as maybe something like a double jump or, you know, an extra different type of attack? What does that look like?
1: So, right now, no. Right now, it's a set ability that you use throughout the game. The The okay. only way that we try to differentiate between the game and the bosses is the actual, like, the boss fight themselves, as well as the level gotcha. design. The level design in each level, right? We add, there's a lot of stuff that, um, that uh you know obviously there's unique enemies, unique traps, unique uh biomes and so like every biome will have unique enemies and traps that are specific to that biome. Um so that's how we try to make things fre- you know refresh things up basically. Mm-hmm. Um we have played around with the idea of some kind of um ability progression system uh like every boss fight you get something new. But the thing is that um it's it's more of those things where it's probably out of scope with the current direction of the game right um right so we wanted to keep so the so i didn't mention this but my whole plan for the game was to get it completed in one year well it's it's past a year now so it also did not get Mm -hmm. done in one year um right but i was trying to keep it as very simple as simplistic as possible because one of the things that um a lot of uh, developers or even gamers that they don't really think about is that um, especially on a royalty uh, contract system is that no one's getting paid right so the longer right. we take with this project the longer it takes for everyone to get a paycheck and i feel really freaking bad that no one's gotten a paycheck at all since we started development on this and so right. i want to get the game out as soon as possible and yes if if we had if we had a lot of funding like you know, a couple hundred thousand, you know, half a million or whatever, and, and you know, I had four or five years. Sure, I could add a whole bunch of crazy stuff, right. Right? right? right, but 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 the the fact of the matter is, and the reality of the situation is, most developers don't, especially indie developers, don't have four to five years. Um, you know, we can't, yeah, uh, it, some people can, like you know, you have this, um, oh. Well, I guess some people call him a solo dev, which is kind of, um, like I forgot the guy that, um, Oh shoot. Now I I tipped my tongue. It's a farming simulator. It's like a farming simulator. Uh, the one who did
0: stardew Valley.
1: Right, 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 right. So he, people call him solo, but technically he got a lot of help actually. But, uh, regardless, he, um, he was able to do that. Um, but he was doing that part-time firmware correctly. And, you know, he, he didn't have that many responsibilities, um, So you know when you don't have responsibilities like that, then you're you're more likely to be able to afford all that time to do that. And then obviously, if you have a crap ton of funding, then you're able to do that also, right? Um, Right, Sadly, I was never was never able to get that type of funding. I applied to a whole bunch of grants and stuff like that, Um, even epics like Mega Grant. And you know, the first time we got rejected. The second time, I'm still waiting on uh uh so. A Maybe. confirmation who knows? so who knows but still like regardless like when you don't have that 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 immediate funding that backing it's it you have to make compromises you have to make the tough calls like for sure i don't i can't afford i definitely can't afford to be on this project for another year uh without pay right so right. And, and and everyone else on my team which which i didn't mention but now we're we, we have nine developers on this on this project um okay wow so you know we went from three to nine um over the past year and like uh, you know it's it's sad i want to pay them i just can't afford it right now so i need the only way i can afford it is to release the game right
0: yep yep that makes sense uh quick question on that just as a follow-up so that means your and i assume your team are working full-time on this though correct
1: no (laughs) okay
0: okay that's what i was gonna say because i was like that's that's a dangerous place to to be in otherwise
1: right so i'm the only one working full-time Okay. Um, I see. Everyone else is is so. I have a a minimum amount of time that everyone's required to work. And it's roughly like ten hours a week. Uh, gotcha. So most gotcha. people are able to get ten hours. Some people go above and beyond and, and they work a little bit longer than ten hours. But the average is ten hours a week for them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> While well, I'm working sixty to eighty hours to make up right. that difference, right? Because I can't, I can't tell them, hey, you, you know work 20, 40 hours a week on this game because like they're not getting paid. Right. I can't, they need, they need, they, so they, most of them have full-time jobs. Some of them are somehow able to work, uh, um, regardless, uh, however they're working, but they're able to work without jobs. Um, but yeah, regardless. Uh, so it just depends on the situation and, um, yeah, it's, it's tough, but as, since this is my baby, basically it's my company and, you know, I'm putting, um, I did put a lot of my life savings into it. So it's a lot of money has gone into the game, uh, which is it's already kind of crazy. Um, like marketing, <laughs> marketing and, and, and PR is actually ridiculously um, expensive in video games. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of developers don't th- take that into account. And and I thought I did. But even then, I'm definitely way over my budget that I had originally planned for the, the game. Uh, right. You know, I that went to a bunch sense. of conventions last year or this year and uh, a little bit of last year uh, before co- uh, coronavirus killed all everything off. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, but those are expensive. Conventions are terribly expensive.
0: For sure. Uh, That's a good uh, jumping point because one of the questions I had was just more of a general thing, but the idea of crowdfunding sites has been uh, a big point of interest for this podcast. We have a segment of the podcast every week where we pick a random game that's trying to be crowdfunded and we talk about it, discuss it. Um, And for those listening, you know, Nico just... Ghost Jump or Neko, I keep saying Nico, sorry. Oh, Neko fun. Ghost Jump has a Kickstarter campaign right now. And I just wanted to ask, you know, what has this whole process been like for you, both the good and the bad?
1: Oh uh. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I'd say 90% of it has been bad so far. Wow, <laughs> so, really? so like, so so <laughs> uh first off, um so I, I take that with a grain of salt. I mean, I, I'm being a little bit facetious here.
0: Of so, course, of course.
1: Um, it, it's it's been. I had a great start with the Kickstarter. Um, the the problem was that, um, before the Kickstarter, and and have already did like a crap ton of research before I even launched a Kickstarter. Um, I had a pretty big uh fan, a decent size. I won't say pretty big. I had a decent size fan base. I had, um, 800 something on my mailing list. I had like. I can't remember anything like 1500 across social media profiles. And so Mm -hmm. it was definitely better than some people's when they launched their, their Kickstarter. Um, But definitely not as great as some others that have launched their Mm. Kickstarters. But the problem with Kickstarter is really, it's like a, it's really random. Like I know this guy, he launched a Kickstarter and he had like, I can't remember like 20, maybe even 40. I can't remember. It's one of it's really high though. Like 20,000 followers on Twitter just Twitter alone. And Mm -hmm. he ended up failing his Kickstarter. And I'm like, what? Why? I mean, it's like, ah, so originally, originally the plan was to, um, have the funding goal for 30,000. Right. So I'll I'll give you some little inside info because this will hopefully give you a rough idea why I say that it's mostly bad. Um, right. So, so 30,000, um, and you know, I have, I have physical, Uh, merchandise on there also so i have to think about um how much it's going to cost to produce because a lot of these uh uh, a lot of the physical merchandise there's a minimum amount of items that you have to purchase so like for this plushie well i'm gonna have to figure something out but uh, i was hoping the plushies would sell out a little bit more uh, at least a couple hundred because one of the the manufacturers wants a minimum order of 500 so a minimum order 500 that's that's a lot of money. All right, let's let's yeah. say it. so. That's already uh, a third of my Kickstarter probably gone. Um, uh, if well, okay. So the so originally I said thirty thousand, but then looking at some uh, Kickstarters like not meeting that goal, even twenty thousand was like kind of tough. So I went to fifteen thousand, and other people were telling me to go even lower than that. But I was like, well, honestly, if I can't get fifteen thousand, then the Kickstarter was like pointless, right? Because I would be right. making I wouldn't be making any money off the Kickstarter. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Um, Unless you have like a huge rabid like following, like a huge community that's like ready to support you. I'm talking about there's like hundreds of people that are on day one will will, like um, back your your campaign. Um, It's going to be a tough sell. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't use Kickstarter to try to find that community. So what I did was the month prior – was hire a, uh, ad agency, right? So this marketing agency, uh, but basically they just did ads. Um, and they did some newsletter stuff too, but, um, I hired them out and what their, their objective was to get as many pre-launch, uh, uh campaign followers as possible. Right. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we had a whole bunch of newsletters and, and obviously like, a number wise, they did pretty well. Like they ended up getting just as many newsletter uh, followers as I did over three huge uh, uh, conventions. Right. So, right. so I'm like, okay, so I, so, so I went into thinking like, Oh shoot, all these are people came because the whole point of the the pre-launch was for uh, everything was focused on the Kickstarter. So everyone who signed up for the newsletter, the assumption was, okay, everyone who's signed up for newsletter, uh, well, I won't say everybody, but at least hopefully like 25% of them will back the Kickstarter. Well, that did not happen. Um, <laughs> so so between, I had um, 1,500 newsletter followers at the time of the Kickstarter. So, and then a whole bunch of other, I had like less than 200. I forgot, it was like 100. By the time I launched it, maybe like 150 that were following the campaign uh, for launch to get that notification. And then... A whole bunch of ads, right? So I had a whole bunch of ads pre-launch and then also at launch, and I had a decent first day. I, I you know, definitely better than some others. Um, the second day was really bad though, and then it just kept going worse. Um, and and now the, the campaign is actually pretty much stalled. It's over the past week we've been uh, we haven't been able to hit fifty percent, uh, which was my goal to hit fifty percent was last week. So we're already mm-hmm. a week behind my. My goal for me to be comfortable that this this Kickstarter is going to succeed, right? Um, right? You know, there's a lot of people keep telling me that uh, that I'm doing good. I'm, it's okay. It's, you know, it's going to pick up the last week and, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. That, and, and it does that happen. That is kind of true. yeah, It does happen. However, for peace of mind, that doesn't help me at all. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, no,
0: right. I, I'm sure this is it's got to be stressful. That's one of the things that I, I've always told my my co-host is like your busiest times for these Kickstarter campaigns are always going to be right when it launches and then right when it ends.
1: Right. But then that middle, though, is kind of like it's very worrisome. It's You, you really like you, you don't know what's going to happen. And so, I mean, for me, I'm never going to give up. Right. So a lot of people, right. which kind of kind of bothers me, too, is that they're close to funding and then they just. Uh, they canceled their their thing like days out. I'm like, why would you do that? You know, like the last two days are probably, you'll definitely get funded. Like, I know their assumption is that they'll get a lot more. And that would, honestly, that's that was my assumption that uh, since I did a 15,000, that I would be able to get, you know, 20, 20 25K um, reasonably <laughs> well. But that's definitely not going to, I mean, I personally don't see that happening. Um, I'll be lucky enough to actually, you know, get that 15,000 in the first place. Hmm. And, um, and honestly, I'd be fine with that i you know I rather have a successful one than not successful one um'm yeah I'm not gonna cancel my campaign no, I think that's like uh and some people are gonna probably listen to this and, and kind of like criticize this, but I think that's like, <laughs> uh, that's a little wimpy way out basically i will just be nice it's it, I don't think it's a it's it's you you take it too easy like why why i mean it, is it technically if you cancel a campaign that's basically. Uh, unsuccessful anyway, so I don't understand why people why don't they just like take the chance? Like, I and I know why though, because some people don't, well, definitely a lot of people don't put the actual amount. Because honestly, let's let's be realistic here if I wanted to pay everyone on my team for the next six months, um,
0: right, 15,000 full time,
1: 15,000 is not gonna cut it, right? Even 150 is kind of pushing it, but. 150 probably is is the actual amount. So you see a lot of these games, a lot of games, they they definitely under undersell that thing. Um, mm-hmm. So the fifteen thousand is going to go into a whole bunch of different things anyway. Not every, you know, and not everyone's going to get paid until after the game releases anyway. Um, but I was hoping that. With the fifteen thousand, well, hopefully, I was hoping for a little more fifteen thousand. I can give at least my um, my team members uh, a bonus pay, right? So at least I can like give them like a thank you. Hey, you know, here even if it's like only a couple hundred bucks or whatever. Hey, it's a couple hundred bucks that they didn't have before, right? So exactly, uh, they can use it, something like that. But honestly, like, I I've put in a lot of money in advertisements in that in that marketing, um, that marketing. company the agency um and i've been doing a whole bunch of paid uh, co- uh content creator uh sponsorships also oh, oh my okay. goodness okay yeah 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 that's another <laughs> thing I, uh, I, we should get on the, on that later but um that's that's <laughs> been that's been a whole different like level i've never done something like this before well obviously it's my first com- uh, commercial game for my company but still right. like i thought it was gonna be I, I i thought it was something else i thought it would be a lot different than it, than it has been and so that's a lot, a lot of money is has basically been going down the drain. Um, it's a lot. It's been a huge learning experience. Um, and so there's going to be a huge post mortem, like all the stuff that I did to get try to get this Kickstarter. Um, and you know, Kickstarter is not over yet. So I, I'm definitely, right, right. I, And I don't have a defeatist attitude. Um, and so I definitely, I'm definitely very optimistic person usually even if i'm 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 pretty realistic though um i I definitely am worried that the kickstarter won't meet its goal we still have technically 13 days left um so anything could happen a lot of the, like i said the content creators have started um pumping out uh content so while i have actually made some money off those content creators so far like i can track the pledges so i can track um, the people that have clicked on the links from those content creators um, hmm, i cool. have made some money um it's it definitely has not made the money i've put into content creators yet so so yeah so yeah, so, that, so that right now is a loss currently um so it's it's kind of so yes that's why i say 90% of it is kind of bad because all the money that i've poured into the the kickstarter has not made any money so even if i make the 15,000 um you know honestly you have to i have now have to take into account all the money i spent on the kickstarter just to get yeah. to that 15,000 right and and sadly it's 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 going to be very little left after the kickstarter um, it's you know, i'll have enough money to um to ship all the the kickstarter rewards and stuff like that but that's basically all it'll be um, if we just barely meet that 15,000 it's still going to be right. it's better than nothing but at the very But, i mean and at the end of the thing... at uh, at the end of the day, you know, let's say we get we're at two hundred fifty backers, I think. I'll check right now, but I think we're at two hundred fifty. And so uh, two hundred fifty one, two hundred fifty one. So let's say we get five hundred um, mm-hmm. backers at the end of the campaign and we're successful. That's five hundred more community members that one hundred percent dedicated to the game, though, right? So right, these exactly. are actual these are actual uh, community members that are actually dedicated to this game that actually you know pledge and want the game to succeed. So, um it's not all for nothing. At, for know, sure. It's not yeah, it's
0: I mean that's the struggle because like a lot of people don't really think about that and thank you for sharing it because honestly it is something that's hard to talk about just because the the pitfalls or the struggles of these kind of things is more to the wayside when you think of kickstarters because the first thing that comes to mind are those big hitters from a Kickstarter. Either either the big hitters that sell just Crazy amounts of of copies, and it's hooray. But then there's a ton that that don't make it. There's a ton that you know might be a scam. There's a ton that just almost make it. And it's like you have to put in a lot of time and effort into actually getting your name out there because, like you said, it's not like you just come out of nowhere and people just are scouring Kickstarter and being like, "Oh, uh, let me buy this game." Like that's what we do here for the podcast because we talk about one of those campaigns every episode. But like the normal consumer probably isn't browsing that every day, every week, you know?
1: Exactly. Um, you definitely need a huge following before doing a Kickstarter. Uh, and I keep saying huge, but like, it depends on your goal. So a lot of people use Kickstarter for marketing, which is kind of like, ba- I mean, I don't know if you can say that, but like, it's really backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you <laughs> can <could> do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's backwards. Like you can't go into Kickstarter and, and use and use it as like a marketing or PR stunt. Um, right. Some people do, and, and yes, it definitely works. It definitely can work. I'm not saying it can't work, but that's more like the 10 percenters, right? That's definitely not how a Kickstarter is supposed to be. Um, and if you already have a huge following, or if you have a hu- you have a kick ass. Um, like marketing and PR firm that knows what it's doing and mm-hmm. can get the word out about your game and you have a product that P- that the good majority of mainstream gamers are going to want to fund then you can go a low thing and then you can like upsell basically you can do all these like little fun things with the uh, um the stretch goals you can play stretch goal games you can play right. oh 1000 we're 1000 funded now blah 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 let's let can we get to 2000 funded whatever um mm-hmm. Like there's this dinosaur game on there that's like doing a ridiculous amount but they and uh no actually I think they did do a decent amount of I think their 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 goal was a hundred thousand so I think no I, th- I don't think it was the dinosaur game I'm thinking about but they like they had an actual um legit funding goal oh well, I won't it's, right. it's, well legit enough anyway it probably is more than a hundred thousand dollars that they need but regardless um they but they had a huge like PR kick and marketing campaign i'm not sure who they dealt with but um i always kind of wish that i knew them but it doesn't matter like they're (laughs) but uh, like um they they, you know they were all over like all over the press all over like i saw them everywhere um every time i like went to a different site is like they were all over the place and so they have a huge they're they're definitely going to make their their goal um before um before you know the campaign
0: before the the expires yeah
1: but um but i'm saying but there we had a community though And, and so that's kind of the thing is like um it's also a sort of validation thing too um so i am a it's I'm um, puzzle platform right but mm-hmm. th- let's be honest though it looks like a lot of people just don't like puzzle platformers anymore or they don't like platformers or at the very least they don't like uh fun in them um, not anymore <laughs> though because there's like a diamond dozen and and I totally get that I'm not trying to say like my games like this is, like super platinum like something that's like out of this world brand new like no one's ever done it before type thing um but there are games that um that more the mainstream gravitate towards. So like, like I was saying, like that that dinosaur game, that dinosaur game, honestly, I'm probably going to fund it because it looks cool. Um, I like, (laughs) that's kind of cool. Like that's like kind of cool game. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, and and mine's like a cute, and also my art style is like totally like, it's not for everyone either. Mine's like the art style for the game, which we never talked about was like, this is like a really sweet, little cute, little kawaii, um, aesthetic to it, the whole entire game. And, and I, I intentionally did that, because I, I thought that cuteness, a lot of people like the cute stuff, and yes, a a lot of people do like cute stuff. Like right. I know a lot of people that enjoy the game when they play. It. They they always talk about the the cuteness of the game. They always talk about the, how great the music is or how like how the great the game mechanics are. Um, so it really bothers me when I'm like, oh, okay. So I was you know listening to all these people that are like like praising the game and they're like oh yeah i would totally support it but then when when it came pushed the shove basically uh no. you know i'm not i'm not 100% right now so what, where's that support now um <laughs> where's it, where's everybody at where's everybody at um, no, so no. so that's that's a little frustrating too because like my, coming into it i was like oh man i have like this pretty big community everyone's like all hyped up for it everyone's like really praising the crap out of the game and and like they think it but then Right now, I'm not funded yet. So, like, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. Like, what mm-hmm. is wrong with the game that it's not... Um, it's kind of tough, too, because it can't say, like, it's not doing well. Because currently Kickstarter is, like, a different thing, right? It's a Kickstarter is, like, a lot of people have been burnt with Kickstarter before. So, they right. just don't back Kickstarters anymore. So, yeah. it's kind of tough to, to say... Uh, oh, just because it's not doing so great on Kickstarter that it won't do great when it launches, right? Exactly, um, exactly. Because we, la- we launched the prologue, and we're currently sitting uh, for free. I launched it as like a little... Now, this is my little gimmick during the Kickstarter. I had, inten- I had intended to launch the free prologue on launch day of the Kickstarter, but uh, I guess me and Steam had, or I should say Steam had a different, uh, or Valve, Valve had a little different thing to say about that, so, uh, we, we, so we did. We I couldn't get it there. I couldn't get it done. It was also during the Steam uh, summer, fe- uh, the the summer. Oh, the sale. demo festival. Yeah. No, 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 it wasn't the demo. Oh, festival the sale. Okay. The sale. So Steam was or Valve, whatever. They 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 were telling me it was a terrible time to launch. You should not launch. And I'm like, but it's a free game. Like, why why will really it matter? Whatever. I took their advice anyway. Sales, are, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, I didn't launch during the the, the Steam. Uh, sale, but thinking about it, I, I should not have listened to them. I should have totally just gone with it because even if I mean it's a different type of if people are looking for puzzle platformers they they'll they'll look at for my game right If they're right, not exactly. looking for it, they're not gonna find it anyway, right because everybody yeah. knows Steam's algorithms are crap anyway so so <laughs> at, so at the same time so in hindsight I should have just done it. Um, right. but I did it two weeks afterwards and um i had hoped to get some traction so at least a little bit more visibility and oh man i, I failed so hard so i didn't take oh, it no. into account yeah so i didn't really research and honestly i could i couldn't care less anyway but i didn't really <laughs> research um who was planning on launching that day too and oh my goodness um uh, uh, freaking death strain launched that day and then, oh no! Yeah, <laughs> and then and so did uh, Neon Abyss, which is which yeah. Is, so those two games are did so well that that I don't think and yeah basically no one saw my game. Um, the the demo or the the uh, the prologue,
0: the prologue. Yes. Yeah, so, it, no, it's it's tough because there's so many games coming out like every other day. It's it's hard you, to actually get that it. recognition
1: exactly you you can't plan around that it's kind of tough um yeah it's super tough you can't plan the um you can't plan around it it's too many games obviously and tuesday even though everyone tells you to do it on tuesday uh triple a everybody else knows it too so maybe tuesday Mm -hmm. was a terrible day to launch but you can't launch on monday (laughs) but there's always something like you can't launch in this day because of this something else. You can't launch during this time because of something. It, it doesn't really matter. You launch whenever you can and hope for the best. Um, but again, that's also, you know, I wish I had a, a, a good PR agency uh, behind me, uh, you know, to get the, the word out a little bit more. Um, I did do my own press release and I did as best as I could. Um, and you know, like right now, I have I'm sitting at six reviews and they're all positive for the game.
0: That's good um, on the Prologue,
1: so that's good. You know. Uh, we have, I can't, uh, I'm going to look real quick if I can. Uh, but the last thing I remember, we had over a thousand downloads. Oh, that's or that's da- actually not that bad. That's very really good. Or a thousand, hold on, I have to double check. It was kind of weird. I remember <laughs> yeah. being like, what? This didn't make sense. Um, right, right. It was, right. oh yeah. So this is a weird thing. So I have, 1436 activations so those are people that hit that play game button or whatever and they have Mm. it in their library but as far as i can tell and i can tell because the leaderboard back end i don't have 1400 players (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so so i don't know what the heck they're all waiting for uh, to play the game but i guess they just yeah, I don't know, like, they just added it or whatever. So I'm looking at the total Not players sure. that actually played the game, and I'm looking at it's 204 right now. No, 200, okay. 207. There's a 207 total players, so that means those are the players that actually, like, actually turned on the game and actually, like, created an account.
0: Um, gotcha, gotcha. So, it's interesting that at least you get that those metrics to track that and see kind of how it's doing.
1: Right, right. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. And so... Hmm. I'm pretty sure they. I wish there was a better way to do this on Steam, but I also have 210 wishlists for this prologue. (laughs) Well, the prologue never. I don't know. I don't know why there's wishlists on this prologue, right? We don't need wishlists on the prologue. We need wishlists on the full game. So, so whatever. (laughs) Um, It is what it is. It's kind of.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, first off, thank you for, this has been a very candid interview. We've gotten quite a bit into the behind the scenes as far as what these struggles look like for indie devs, which is something that isn't quite often talked about. Um, but I'm I'm sure that, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm sure you've got stuff to do, especially working on the, the actual game and the Kickstarter. But um, one of the things I wanted to close this out with was just kind of, and I think this, you've kind of alluded to a lot of this but just some general advice for people who, you know, if you could have done this a little bit differently or if you had you know other people that are trying to do something similar to yours of getting into the indie space, what would be some advice that you'd give people or your you know your past self as far as what you've learned today.
1: Um I wish I would have done a lot more uh see I can't even so my past self was like Almost twenty years ago, so I doubt this this would really apply because YouTube was right. barely a thing back then. So um, actually, I don't even know how how old is YouTube? Maybe fifteen years, ten years? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> right? I have no <laughs> idea, right? So like, it's it's relative with you, but nowadays, though, let's so let's just talk about nowadays. Um, ah, there's so many great and free quote. Or I mean, like this is like in bold right now. Free mm-hmm. uh, learning opportunities out there. You have um, like. Uh, so I do Unreal Engine 4 development uh, primarily. And so even Unreal Engine 4 has started doing, uh, or Unreal Engine has started doing free uh, uh, YouTube videos, instructions. Uh, they have an online academy also. So um, Unity has a huge one now that they just um, made for free. It used to be paid um, YouTube videos. There's like a whole bunch of great um, YouTubers out there for for that are doing great tutorials for free. There's no reason to necessarily go into um, to think about a game dev uh, oriented college degree. However, mm-hmm. on the flip side, um, it might be it might be a good idea for some people. Like if you have no idea what you want to do in the game industry, maybe a general game dev degree could be for you because you get mm-hmm. to learn like a little bit of you know of everything, and you can kind of feel like what your strengths. are are um, right, right. So, um but then again, you could kind of do that for free also too, right? You could try to do some art um, tutorials and see if you're even like art inclined or whatever. Or you could do some programming, see if that feels you know you're good with that. Or music, you know, stuff like that. Uh, music's kind of tough though, because like you kind of have to be kind of musically inclined by you know, because <laughs> you have to you know, you, I don't know, but uh, I know I'm not for sure. I try, I keep right. trying to like learn like a bunch of musical instruments and I keep failing hard. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, my advice is there's a lot of good opportunities out there for free. Start there first before you start thinking about anything paid, uh, especially if going to school full time. If you're in high school, for sure, for sure, just look into like YouTube tutorials. Um, there's right. plenty out there. Just just go before you consider going to a school or college uh, because a lot of, especially indie um studios um they'll look at the degree and yes if if it's in between a uh, the same skill sets and the same portfolio um portfolio what's the word here uh greatness here I guess if if one portfolio okay. is they both look good um and the only difference between the two candidates are you know one has a, a degree one doesn't then yeah the one with the degree is going to get the job versus the one didn't get a job uh, or didn't get a degree but the flip side right. of that if you have an outstanding portfolio without a degree and then you have this this other um uh developer wannabe that has a degree but has but a crappy portfolio yeah, yeah you're you're more lucky to get that without you know so it's kind of it's kind of tough it's it just depends on you if you know if you think you can build that, so the portfolio is the, is the biggest like thing. It doesn't matter. Like doesn't matter if you go for a degree or not. The portfolio is what everyone's going to consider. And, and, you know, for your, um, for a job application. So if you can do it on your own, then save a lot of money. If you right. don't think you can do it on your own, then maybe having that structure, going to school for it will help. You can at least build your portfolio But what I want to say is that be very careful that you don't just do school work and consider that your portfolio because everyone, every, every portfolio is going to be looking pretty much the same because in our school, everyone does a freaking mailbox. So don't be that person with a mailbox as your art portfolio. No one cares about that damn ma- mailbox. So, um, so, so consider doing stuff outside of school for for right. practice and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, that makes total sense. So for those listening, uh, Neko Ghost Jump is currently they're currently hosting their Kickstarter campaign. Please check them out. Please, uh, you know, try the prologue that they have on Steam. There's many ways to find out if this is the game for you. It's got a lot of cool mechanics to it. It's got very interesting. Uh, just abilities that aren't really seen in a lot of other games. So I'm surprised it hasn't got as much traction as uh, you know, we you would have anticipated, but um, it's out there. Please give it a look. Uh, Victor, once again, thank you so much for coming on today and best of luck to you and the team. I hope that you can actually make that Kickstarter campaign go well. And I can't wait to see what happens with the game.
1: Thank you very much for the opportunity to come up here and just basically talk (laughs) just candidly i mean just talk yeah i mean i like talking i I like i'll I'll tell anybody i'm very transparent and that's what i want my company to be known as in the future is just being super transparent about the inner workings of game development and you know the game itself so yeah
0: yeah no and and i i love it i hope that there are people who listen to this even if they're not you know super big fans of the actual game themselves it you know, for this one, I hope that they follow through with your company and with you, because I think that it is a very rare trait to find nowadays. And it's something that should be uh, appreciated. So uh, thanks for a great interview.
1: Thank you.